What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Convincing Creatives Panda Baird Edition. Today, I have Eric Hartley on the show. Eric is a great friend of mine. He has been in several of my movies. Uh, he was the dad and son of clowns. And now he's back in Panda Barrett playing the role of Farmer. So I have to say, Farmer is a very interesting character in this film. I won't give away too much, but uh, there's quite an emotional journey that Farmer goes on uh, throughout the entire course of the film where he's on screen with our main character, Camus. So we talk a little bit about that journey, about kind of, you know, flipping expectations up on its head because in the film, uh, Farmer is a farmer. You know, he comes in with the overalls and he looks like he is very of one mentality and mindset. And then obviously you've got him meeting Camus and when a farmer and a rapper meet, what's going to happen? So that's basically the question we ask in the film for the scene. And I think we get to a very interesting place uh, in the conclusion towards the end of the film where Farmer's there in it with our main character, Camus, and their conversations throughout the scene. So we'll talk a little bit about how we prepared for that scene. We actually also shot at Eric's house. So that's another interesting element of how we kind of incorporated uh, some of his own home into his performance and uh, where he's playing a farmer at home. And uh, it's actually a very interesting conversation we have. So check that out right now. Coming up on Convincing Creatives, here's our interview with Eric Hartley, who plays the role of Farmer. We have Eric Hartley on the show for another episode of Convincing Creatives, Panda Barrett edition. Eric has been in several of my films, Son of Clowns, he played the role of Dad. Now he's back again in Panda playing the role of Farmer. Eric, how you doing, man? Outstanding, sir. Good to see you, Mr. K. I was going to say, it is good to see your smiling face. Makes me Always. happy, man. <laughs> we, we've done many projects. We've worked together. Um, I mean, you know, over the years, I think we've both seen the passion uh, of making our movies here at home in North Carolina, and we've kind of found ways, you know, to make it happen, whether it's easy, hard, or whatever. Uh, we've just always kind of kept that, uh, you know, persistence at it. Uh, which I really admire between the two of us both, you know, when we work together and also when we go and do our own other projects as well. Um, before we jump into your role here in Panda as Farmer, I want to rewind a little bit. Uh, take us through kind of your backstory, man. I want the people to know, uh, you know, how did you get A, into acting, into creativity? I know you've done music and singing. I mean, you've done all kinds of stuff. Getting into acting was kind of a sidestep. Yeah. Um, for me, I, uh, I owe most of it, uh, you know, and I'm very thankful to be able to be a part of uh, a lot of the art that we've created, but uh, my beautiful and incredible wife, April, and, uh, and my daughter, Lara, have really, they are who I credit with getting me into actually getting on film um, or doing film. The, uh, my daughter and I did a, a musical, Miracle on 34th Street with Thalian Hall, a Thalian production uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is a big deal uh, to the theater community for me anyway. Um, Thalian Hall is, is huge and uh, it's, it's very well um, respected. Just the history of it all, you know, being a big piece of, uh, it was one of the, uh, the oldest theaters on the East Coast in America, period. And just being a part of that was really awesome. But um, I got into uh, acting mostly at, uh, Rock set productions. I'm not sure if you're aware of them, but they gave me my big break. <laughs> they sound familiar. Yeah, they're really an amazing crew. The um, but yeah, that's that's how I got into it. My wife um, April did. Um, let's see, look at the wall. Displacement welcomed. Yep. Um, with you, and it was amazing because again, that was one of your first films. But the passion 
that was put into that um, was really so strong that if anybody witnessed it or even being was part of seeing it come together, I don't know how you couldn't be moved to be one of, to be a part of that project. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I got into it. And um, so I've done mostly independent films and uh, I really appreciate it. It's a, it's, it's a really wonderful um, thing to be able to do and, and, and see a finished product of yeah. it as well. But I really enjoy it. Yeah, no, it's it's a rush when you finally pull it off. I always say it feels like you're getting away with something every time you make it happen. You know, they always say you can't do it here. It's too hard, too expensive. And, and it's challenging, but, you know, it is the type of thing where I think we have found a little formula uh, to make stuff work. And I'll, and I'll rewind a little, too, um, for the folks listening. Like Eric and I, we did meet with uh, his wife, April, when I was making Displacement Welcomed in Greenville a couple years back. And Eric came to set just to help out, hang out with April and just kind of see the whole stuff. And, uh, you know, I noticed your, your exuberance and your passion. And I was like, hmm, I feel like we got to get Eric on, on the screen. And I've seen some of the stuff you had done with Brannigan and a couple of the other folks in Wilmington. And I was like, okay, I know Eric's down to do it. So that's how, like, when we made Son of Clowns, I, I kind of tailored that whole role to dad for you. And I, and I wrote the role before you said yes. And I was like, I hope he says yes. Because <laughs> if that's he says great. no, the whole, the whole role is really for him. So <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, dude, no, it, it was great how that came together. And yeah, we, we've been lucky to, to work on a bunch of stuff since. And, uh, you know, I think North Carolina is, is where we like to do stuff and make it make it happen. Um, when you are acting, though, I will say this, man, you, you've been able to pull off, uh, you know, you have such a great exuberance and natural comedy and comedic timing. But you've also pulled off some pretty serious roles, too, with the, uh, you know, Son of Clowns when they're in the hospital scene, Panda Barrett with your character of Farmer, which we'll get into more. But, uh, you know, how do you how do you find that balance? Because that that's my whole M.O. is kind of blending drama and comedy together in a way that feels like life. Um, how, do, how do you discover that when you're acting? You know, when you're mixing between, you know, uh, maybe a, a, a sadder scene, you know, or, or something, you know, rather than comedy, you know, you really just letting your character live. I, I try not to make, I try not to let the human part do that. You know, I don't know if that even makes sense, but no, no, you, totally. really want to just, you really just want to give voice to the character and allow that character you know, to, to live in its space. Um, a lot of times I don't even like to uh, hang out with the cast before it's shot. And that sounds so silly um, sometimes, but I want it to be really authentic depending mm -hmm. on what the script says. Like for instance, in, in uh, Panda Barrett, you know, the farmer and Camus meet for the first time. They didn't know each other before. They were as strangers as strangers could get right and so i really like to allow that organic chemistry to happen yeah so you know when when you're first getting into it and actually not not having eric uh you know meet damien it's i like the farmer you know to meet yeah. the rapper and yeah. so it's it's just fun to do that and that's one of the great things about acting is that you don't really get to do in a lot of different fields is that we're adults playing make-believe yeah. and it really is pretty amazing. It seems pretty silly and pretty simplistic, but there's a lot of things that go into it and it's really a lot of the mind game. And, but when you can see it, something that people made believe happen and you believe what you see, that's the magic. I think that, that's the, that's the best part of it. 
No, that's the secret sauce right there. It's allowing yourself, like you said, as an adult to pretend and play pretend and be a different person right. and, uh, you know, be a farmer. I mean, be, be a circus owner. You've, you've done both in, in the past two features I've made. And like, they're, they're totally different characters, but you find a way, I think, to ground uh, both dad and farmer in, in a very uh, realistic light in a way to kind of, you know, be very sympathetic and open to the other characters, but also still be yourself. And I, and I, and I love that. And I think, uh, you know, especially like, let's talk about farmer. So with farmer, I mean, that's <laughs> such an interesting character. Cause um, you know, and, and what I kind of like to do is like with a lot of the supporting characters in my movies, I don't love to give them like names and backstories and this and that, like, you know, dad, farmer, this and that, you know, they're, they're just very like, you would you would almost put a stereotype on them just based on the name right you know, a farmer what do you expect a farmer to be one thing usually and so at first it kind of appears like you're going to be that one thing for a farmer but then as the story continues and i don't want to spoil too much but you and camus basically a farmer and a rapper come together to have this very interesting conversation about pain and grief and loss and uh you know i just i just think you guys a did an incredible job with the scene, but B it's just such a, uh, such a privilege to be able to like flip something on its head and do what you don't expect as the audience, you know, the audience expects, Oh, this is going to go down one way. I've seen this movie before. And, right. then, and you know, then we just flip it on its head. Like, can you talk about that? Cause I just, I just found that fun, fascinating and just a, uh, you know, just something interesting to do on the set. You know, that's really one piece of the script that I really, not only liked, but truly appreciated the fact yeah. or how, how you wrote it. So I grew up in a small town of 1,400 people in Missouri, Southwest Missouri, called Pierce City, Missouri. It was personally my own little Mayberry. You know, I don't even know if you know what FFA is, Future Farmers of America, but like that was mm -hmm. my favorite class. There's so many times in life, especially, and that's why I appreciate your writing, that we go ahead and judge that book by its cover, or we go ahead and just put something in its particular box. We compartmentalize everyone into, okay, well, you're a rapper and that's one dimensional, but it's not. A farmer, well, you only must care about fescue and soybeans. Nah, that's not true. You know, they're real mm -hmm. people and they have real things that happen to them in life. And that's why I really think that it's very cool about how you wrote this story. It's very relatable. And you can see that if you want to, everyone, you know, really can just mesh mm -hmm. together and help each other along their own journey. I, I thought it was really awesome. Well, yeah, I, it's about peeling back those like onion layers for me. <laughs> right. And I mean, I think that's the thing, right? Because Farmer is, uh, you know, again, I don't want to spoil it, but he is basically uh, trying to fill some very big shoes. And right. know, his, whole, his whole motive, his whole scene, you're like, oh, he's this farmer. I expect him to be this way. You, you come to find out maybe, maybe this farming thing he's just doing because he thinks he has to. And, you know, you, you, can't, you, you can't just judge one thing based on that first interaction because you don't know what people are going through. You don't know why they're doing what they're doing, working what they're working. You know, there's, there's so much to unpack once they actually get into the kitchen and talk to one another and you know it's not like we're trying to say you know we are the world we fix everything you know right you know but it's just one instance of two people on a planet of i don't know seven billion and you know it's just one little thing and like that's where 
you know, I love sci-fi. I love big, crazy stories, but I feel like it's these small interactions that, uh, you know, people can relate to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I find it, I find it interesting to write. And, uh, so let's go into a little more of the technicality of the scene. So I know you, um, with, you know, farmer, but also with son of clowns and, and I appreciate this so much, you opened your home up to us and let us come film, uh, for both films. So, you know, how is that like acting in a space that you're very familiar with as a different character? Do you kind of have to do a little more work to separate you know the two or do you kind of feel because i know you always like to decorate too you put some decorations out to kind of help <laughs> get in the moment and i, and I love that because a in right. the film i have no money <laughs> and b you know it just helps set the scene and for you to act in a place that kind of is different you know that's an interesting question that um because you do have to again take yourself out and put your plug yourself in um you know where, where you want to be so it is interesting because what you're able to do with no matter you know you could be shooting an egg crate but on film it's a skyscraper you know mm-hmm. so that that's the magic of film and that that's really nice to be able to you know to to do but as far as working in my own home um i guess you just got to take yourself out of it and then yeah. plug yourself in as the character give yourself a little creative amnesia you have your own history of your own personal stuff. And, and you know, I think that all comes into play. There's so many little forces at, at work. We're not even always aware of. And I mean, that's kind of how it came down with the script. Like when I was writing um, both you and Camus, I had conversations with about, you know, just like personal stuff and, and grief and loss. And, and there were some, you know, very interesting ways we weaved some, you know, true stuff with not true stuff. And, and I just appreciated both of y'all for a, being open and allowing me to, you know, kind of walk into that world with you and also be just share the greater story of that with other people. Cause I think, you know, that's the one thing everyone's going to get from this film, you know, no matter who it is, no matter what character it is, it's not always the same for everyone, but, but it is something in the film that I think is, is truly universal. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was curious too. So when we had that final, well, I'll say final scene, that kind of second to last scene where we're in the kitchen and I don't want to spoil too much, but, um, <laughs> you know, cause I want people to be able to watch it and just kind of get it through the performance. But there, there comes a moment where it's, it's two people who've talked about pain and grief and loss um, in a way where they're really, uh, they're listening to one another. But I think even more than that, they're finally both, through that listening saying, Hey, you, you need to get this off your chest. So I'm just going to be a canvas and you say what you got to say, you share what you got to share. And then after one goes Camus, then you feel that kind of vulnerability. Oh, oh, I'm in a place where, you know, a safe spot. I can actually speak. And, uh, and I think that's kind of what you said, because your character farmer, he's such a hermit. And, you know, I don't think, I mean, he doesn't have anyone, but his cows around. (laughs) So, you know, I think that's, that's kind of his thing is he's been, looking for someone to talk to, uh, but he's not going to go out of his way to do it. So like when it came down to that scene, how did you kind of make that transition from, you know, the farmer at the beginning when we first meet, who's a little more jokey, jovial um, to the, to that farmer who's finally able to be like, okay, well, I can trust you enough to share. Well, um, luckily for me, I didn't have that choice. It was right there in the script. So I had to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it, what's awesome about that particular moment in the film, mm-hmm. um, you know, you talk about 
uh, chemistry between, um, you know, actors or, I mean, the, the whole film is just this, you know, big culmination of different talents trying to weave each other to the end. And, you know, you, you're very fortunate to be able, you know, to, to have the people that you have as well. It's not just the writing. You have to have someone to actually interact that story as well. And, um, you know, Damien, you know, I, I, I don't know that, um, again, it, it's very organic with him. You know, yeah. I personally, you know, even though I'm, I'm delivering lines, but I personally have an experience with this, you know, guy on the, on my kitchen floor, you know, where, you know, I'm looking him in the, in the eyes and he's got these amazing eyes, right? Like he, man, I'll tell you, you know, he was my best friend and, you know, he just has this sense of him. And I really um, see that that came through uh, the lens there that yeah. man on the other side of the screen, you can feel him. You uh -huh. really can feel um, how earnest he is and genuine he is but we all have those struggles we all have those roadblocks of our own you know of our own building that we put in front of ourselves like you know we have to have this guard or this guard mm -hmm. and it, it's pretty interesting that you're right when you do find that safe space or find that safe space or find that place to where you know what I, you know what you deserve an ear that's all you know just give someone an ear and it's amazing what can happen from letting people release those demons or those anchors that are holding on to them, you know, allowing them to speak what mm -hmm. they need to speak. Um, you know, your writing, you know, touched me, you know, specifically because again, the relationship that I have with my own father and, you know, right. losing him has been really tough. The farmer, you know, lost his, his dad as well. And they both, you know, revere these men, their fathers, you know, and almost this, I'll never get to that yeah. level, you know, that, you know, truly revere these men and respect them, but also, you know, no, you know, feel maybe, you know, I didn't live up to the name or I didn't live up to, you know, my dad's moniker type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really cool being able to deliver those lines um, with Camus from the farmer's perspective, you know, that was just a magic scene to me. I thought it was, it was really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I was sitting on the kitchen floor. I mean, our, our crew was so small. I mean, that's what was nice is I, I felt like sometimes crews get so big, you kind of, the, the film set starts to encroach on the, the, the scene and the magic and the, Absolutely. the realism of the pretend. And with this, because the crew was so lean, I mean, it was just me and Julia. And so, you know, we were sitting on the floor, she was holding the mic. Uh, I was sitting like two feet from your face with the camera. And right. I mean, we sat on that floor for like an hour and a half doing that scene a couple different times. And I mean, y'all were just, I mean, we were just like partially, you know, getting our Kleenex and dabbing our eyes right. of it. I mean, that was such a heartfelt scene. Y'all did such a good job. Um, and, and it was just, uh, it was a privilege to be able to watch it unfold and just kind of, like you said, be, uh, you know, lending an ear, but also just, just the audience being passive and just listening. I think they're going to get something equally right. as important as if they were lending an ear. Um, just cause I think it's, it's almost like you said, it's good medicine. And I think it's yeah. stuff that, you know, people don't always talk about um, because there's not always a, an avenue or there's not always a, you know, an opportunity. It's, it's usually not even that people don't want to, it's just a lot of times the opportunities don't present themselves in that same way. 
And when those moments do happen, like you said, it's just two men who are able to say, Hey, uh, you know, dudes can just chat about this. We can be vulnerable. It's okay. Uh, we're not going to explode. Nothing's you know, going to go wrong. You know, I just think it's, right. it's a message that needs to get out there broader um, and, and I'm glad y'all were able to, to kind of bring your own stuff into it as well. Cause I think it, it just made the performance that much more true, you know? Um, and I, and I think it was interesting. Yeah, it is. It's pretty funny because, you know, it is a very intimate scene. It is. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's as raw as far as feelings go as it gets. And, yeah. um, you know, I really hope that people are able to enjoy that piece of the film because it's a big deal to me, you know, just how it was, how it was placed out, you know, you know, it it really is a a very cool scene. Um, But it was very intimate, you know, especially here you have, you know, two men that are, you know, tearing their, their hearts out, you know, putting it out there for you. And, you know, it's funny, we have that, you know, that, that looming toxic masculinity always, you know, we're afraid, am I, am I being too, you know, revealing or whatever, yeah, but, yeah yeah you know and you know as much as i would like to uh play a viking in every in every film that was a really that's one of my favorite uh favorite memories and my film work is is that scene there yeah well i've got viking up next so that's the good thing. <laughs> great great <laughs> no i mean I, I love i love that you said that yeah that's that's exactly it that's the medicine that's the secret sauce is just people being able to uh you know have a conversation and and that kind of leads me into the next question is is i think right now with covid and just everything else going on in the world i think people are craving connection i mean we're always craving connection but i think right. they're craving connection more because we're not getting able to see everyone that we want and do everything normally. So I think that, you know, this film, it already had a deep message and it kind of, I think has strangely evolved in ways that even at the time we, I mean, if you told me everything was going to go down with COVID that did this year, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, but right. you know, all that stuff kind of, I think added in a weird way to the the message of the film and I, not that it's going to solve anything crazy, but I think it's just a uh, an interesting tidbit for anyone who watches and understands, you know, the character Camus, who is our main character, is this isolated guy. I mean, he he was doing stay at home before stay at home. I mean, like, that's what's crazy. Like, and then he's slowly meeting people going out of his comfort zone, you know, and he's trying to you know, unlock what happens when you do talk to people, when you do bring people in and you don't push them out. Um, so I think it is an interesting message. Uh, you know, how, how do you kind of look at that now with some hindsight? You know, it's, it's funny. You know, the, the farmer was quarantined too. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, on he didn't purpose. leave the farm. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's funny to me because right now in this COVID world that we have, um, it's so, you know, antiseptic mm-hmm. and, you know, we turn to, you know, the screen or a book um, to maybe give us some sort of an interaction. And it's funny to me because with, with movies, a lot of the times we go to the movies for, you know, the passion, the explosions, you know, the car chase, you know, the cops and robbers, that type of scene. But right now what is needed so much is that, that, that look of humanity, that, that, that personal feel that, you know, we're not actually being able to get on an everyday, you know, basis to where we can go out and, you know, uh, give your friends a hug. It's pretty interesting that, you know, right now, man, that's the draw. Being yeah. able to feel, being able mm-hmm. to feel human interaction right now. I mean, that's the good stuff to me. 
Um, you know, we, we, we can blow up things. We can watch any type of, you know, fancy stuntman work that we want. And that, to me, that's kind of Hollywood. That's, that's, that's the right. big movie stuff. But right now, you know, when you say, you know, I want to come home and I, or I want to go out and I want to see a film that touches you, you did it. I yeah. think you really did. And I think it's, it's sorely needed right now because with all the COVID stuff, we're really seeing, wow, you know what? Maybe I took a little bit of that for granted. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, <laughs> maybe you know my grumpiness and curmudgeonness. You know, like this. This is me normally throughout the year. But you know, you really, you really do need that medicine. You really, you you appreciate it when you see it and something gets in. So, what? Yeah. I think you did a great job there. Thank, thank you, man. I, I really, really do appreciate that. And uh, I mean, that that was sort of the thing even before all this. I wrote it just because, um, you know, everyone especially through grief, you kind of pull back and, and process, but also uh, just in other situations with mental health, you know, being too busy at work, you know, everyone's got something and it's just kind of how you deal with it and uh, who you are or are not around. And I think that's, right. I mean, that's what's interesting. Like what I would give right now to be dragged to a potluck, you know, <laughs> like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of exactly. thing, like, you know, where before it'd be like, Oh, do I have to go to that? <laughs> you know, and it's, it's that kind of thing. And I think we do crave that interaction. Um, and that's why I'm excited for people to be able to, to check out Panda very shortly. Uh, super big plug on Amazon prime video this fall. You got to be able to watch it. You'll review it. Tell us what you think. We're dying to know. It has been uh, kind of sitting in the can for months now. So we're excited to finally, uh, release it out on the world, set the panda free, if you will. And, uh, that's do, awesome. do it big, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, set the panda free. That, that's that's it man well here this is my final question i ask everyone on the show uh what is your favorite memory from set uh on panda barrett or something you learned well and again you know the, the scene that we had you know the farmer um had with uh canvas on the floor with yeah. the antelope stew is, is pretty important but probably my favorite part of your film is the panda just man i don't want to give away too much but just like <laughs> how we handled the, the panda saying goodbye yeah was just so beautiful and yes, mother nature really you know played into that as well and gave us this beautiful you know these amber waves of grain and the sepia type you know goodbye and it was just really to me man that was magic because some things you can't plan, but some things are fate. Some things are just made to happen. And that was a, a, one of the favorite parts of my scene was saying goodbye, um, you know, to Panda in the weeds, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, in, in that field, it, just it was looked, like sunset. Yeah, it was beautiful. So pretty. And, so and pretty. We, we very, we sort of planned that, but we sort of didn't like that was not originally right. something we had like scheduled a ton of time off of. We were like, Hey, we'll get some quick shots when the sun sets. Uh, and, and you were like, Hey, I know this place. Uh, it's not, not too far. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like that field right there, go check it out at sunset. And it was beautiful, man. Like I, I think that's so pretty. Yeah. That visual you know, it, is, it, is ingrained in my mind. So I have never been in a film. Um, so this is also part of my, favorite part of this film part two is I've never been a part of a film where there was, you know, a magical um, element 
A magical entity, if, yes. <laughs> I, I can't wait till people are able to see this and then understand why, because yeah. that's so touching and it's, it's really important. And it's so funny that, you know, how you take this, almost this semi-comical approach to something that's very serious. And again, trying to backpedal and not hit too deep um, because I don't want to ruin any surprises, but it's really worth the watch because of this, man, I don't even know what to call it. How, how you, how you delivered his experience with a panda. So again, it's, it's, it was funny to me because I've never worked with an imaginary entity before that I could see and people couldn't, but I wasn't supposed to see. Right. But what the coolest part, my favorite part of the movie was Melissa. Yeah. Here's a person that had no real lines, an actress that had not a lot of lines. They're in a suit. They're in a panda. Mascot panda panda suit. (laughs) The panda's mouth doesn't move. Right. You know, the panda's eyes don't blink, but there was so much acting coming out of that suit the hand movements and the body posture and the language was really amazing to me. We had her on her episode of the podcast and she was talking about that. And she was saying, yeah, it's just about like, she was talking about her kids and being able to like make them laugh and kind of be spontaneous as a, as a parent. And she was saying that's what led into the Panda costume stuff being so wild. And, you know, she said she was just always like improving, And I was like, that's it. You know, when the scene was done and you said cut and the the panda head came off like that's respect yes to me you know that that was true respect i really i was really proud of her yeah please y'all watch the movie just just get that experience just for panda and melissa's sake like she she really dedicated so much to that and and i mean another thing too is like i'll quickly rewind back to that scene with y'all and camus on the floor talking um panda is in that scene too she's in the background listening intensely and I mean, for an hour and a half, she sat there in the costume just, but, and she is acting too. Like you see her in the background reacting to things that you both yes. are saying. And again, you know, the, the eyes don't move, you know, the, the costume doesn't do anything. There's no animatronics. It's just a whole mask. You don't see anyone's face or eyes, but even through that, she is still performing um, and just making you feel things. And I'm like, wow, like, yeah, it, it, like you said, through little gestures and kind of sl- and being slumped and you know sad and like it, it and, and even the funny stuff. Yeah, like when they're going through the right. big field and and uh, you know she throws the stick at Camus. Like it's it's just all that kind of stuff. Like you know it's it's all of it coming together to kind of form a good stew, uh, an antelope stew, if you will. Right. You know, as if you watch the movie, you'll get that that reference. Um. Yeah, man. Well, dude, this was of course so much fun. I'm, I'm so stoked you were able to do the show. Um, thank you for being here, man. Uh, if folks want to keep up with you, what other films can they watch? Uh, you know, how can they kind of see your stuff? The um, I'm on, uh, I mean, you can simply go to IMDb yeah. and look at, look at all the, you know, the projects and films that we've been able to do. Um, you know, I'm really thankful that this is going to be on Amazon soon. Yeah, uh, it's a big platform that people can really, you know, just sit in their living room and watch a great film. And I mean, it, it, that, that's that's a really that's a really nice platform that uh, I'm really thankful that you're able to get your films on because um, they, they really should be they really should be seen. But yeah, on IMDb, 
Um, the last one that we did was uh, Ronaldo by Daniel Smith. Um, great film. That's a really, that's a really great, funny short. Um, it's on YouTube, but it's uh, called the Ronaldo movie 2019. Um, you know, and all of them are on there. Half-Life, the series, a lot of Brannigan Carter. Um, if you Google or YouTube uh, Brannigan Carter, a lot of his films, we've done a lot with him as well with Half-Life, the series. 211, um, a movie with uh, that uh, Joe Kovas and Brick Jackson, Brannigan Carter filmed, uh, but it's called 211. That's uh, just been released as a feature film that uh, was done here in Wilmington. Um, and that's on YouTube right now. So, uh, you know, give that a shout. Um, also something else on Amazon that our viewers could watch is a series called the struggle is real and the struggle is real is a really fun. Um, it's a really fun series. I think there's about eight episodes on there, but, um, you know, Meredith Jackson is, uh, is, is a big part of that. And, you know, uh, they, they've done just a, a, a fantastic uh, job, but yeah, you, you can always go there to see uh, the different things um, that we've done. I've got a quick question for you before we sign off. Um, yes. As far as indie budgets go, and, and there's always you know extra things, you know, bailing wire, bubble gum, duct tape, all these things that it takes to make a movie. Um, but I think that the biggest part of your budget, I might be overstepping my grounds, but I think it was the cheesy poofs. So <laughs> how yes. many? How many cheesy poofs, cheesy puffs, cheese balls? I mean, how many, how many bushels, barrels did you guys go through? These? I mean, we had to order them in bulk. They, you know, right? I mean, <laughs> we, the cheesy poofs, uh, we had them for the film, like for Panda, because Panda was always eating. Because the, yes. the behind that was she's, you know, Camus is subconscious. Camus is lost in the woods. He's hungry. So he's going to be thinking about food in the back of his mind. So that's why she was always eating and eating and eating throughout the film. And, you know, we had them also for craft services and uh, we, we ate way too many. <laughs> I, I can't look at them. Like, you know, when you haven't had a food and haven't had a food, that's an interesting saying. When you haven't had a food for a few years and then you eat it and you're like, oh, this is great. Then you overdo it and you're like, I don't need to see cheesy poofs till like 2025. Like, (laughs) maybe they'll come back around, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I still don't eat um, corned beef hash because of the Marine Corps. Okay. (laughs) So I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, you got you got to push that into the future. That's far, right. Far from it's, now, yeah. It's a it's, check it on the bucket list. You've got to move on. Yes, that's awesome, <laughs> dude. I love it, um, dude. I, I love it. Thank you again for being on the show. I love how you rep North Carolina film, the directors you've worked with, and and I think that's just a big part of uh, you know making these films and these projects happen. You know, we're all very passionate. We don't always have a ton of resources, uh, but you know, it sounds cheesy, but we got a lot of heart, and we like to put them out there and uh, just say what we got to say. Um, you know, again, I'm repping my Kukaloris film festival. Kukaloris. Shirt, you know? we're, we're about it. We love our NC film scene. Um, yeah, man. Well, again, thank you for being on the show. I always appreciate it. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And we will always have a awesome spot on Panda Barrett for the farmer feature. So y'all go check it out. Panda awesome. Barrett is on Amazon. Go take, go take a look. It is, uh, like I said, an, an interesting film that I think you'll get something from. Uh, take take uh, an hour it's an hour and three minutes you can check it out on amazon all right y'all thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode of convincing creatives panda barrett edition <laughs>